0: Hello everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church as we continue on in a series we started some weeks ago now called Vineyard Verses. Vineyard Verses and what we're doing uh, my hope is to encourage you to memorize some what I would consider foundational or anchor verses to help you in your daily Christian walk and life. And um so there's some passages of Scripture that I want to take some time. We're going to go after them, the passage a verse at a time. And I'm going to encourage you every week to try and memorize that verse. And if you haven't started yet, we're only five weeks in. You can catch up. You can memorize these. Um, there's something very valuable, I believe, in, in having some Scripture memorized that's very helpful in our day-to-day lives because um, as we sort of move through the day, it's not all that difficult to get sidetracked. Uh, and all of a sudden, you know, anxieties kind of swoop in or worry, you know, sort of takes over or we, uh, we just start to feel out of sorts and under attack. And um, if you have some scripture in you, um, the Holy Spirit can quicken that to you very easily because it's already there and it will help you in those situations. Sometimes, you know, there's just situations where we can't get to a Bible or, or get to our, you know, our, our phone with a Bible on it or something. You know, it just might not be possible, but if you have it in you, then um, it's available to, um, to you and to the Holy Spirit to use in you. And so I think it's a very, very valuable thing. Uh, and all of us can, you know, you can memorize Scripture. Um, it doesn't really matter. Some people go, I can't memorize anymore. It gets a little trickier as you get a little more mature uh, in age, but it can still be done. And so you just kind of have to work at it a little harder. But it would be worth it to have a or sort of a vault worth of Scripture that's available to you. And so that's my hope. And so we're, we're calling this Vineyard Verses. I even gave you a hand sign for the two V's, and uh, nobody's ever used that hand sign before, but we've been through all that. Um, so I want to encourage you to memorize these verses, and we're talking about them then a verse at a time. I'm breaking them down. We're looking into it, what it means. We're in Hebrews ten nineteen through 25 to start with, uh, and, and um, you know I shared with you these are verses that I start my morning devotional with. Uh, every, every time, uh, every day I, I think it's that important It's about, um, you know, access into the throne room of God ultimately It's about who we are in Christ It's about a relationship with God It's a reminder of how amazing that is um, It reminds me of the grace of God It reminds me, you know, it's not based on my performance um, There's so many things that come from that new starts, New beginnings and perspective Which is so important, you know, our perspective on things It really matters And having a throne room perspective is key I believe, to just rolling through the day. And then, you know, throughout the day as things come up, these are great scriptures to go back to and to remember and who you are and what's happened and who you are in Christ and how God sees you. All those things are really important. So we're working through those verses together. Uh, I wasn't here Wednesday, and some of you have asked me about that. I, I went to the dentist Wednesday morning and had a root canal done. Um, and... Uh, not, not my favorite thing. I have a great dentist, and he, he's, he's really good. Uh, Dr. Golden, he's here now. Great dentist. He didn't cause me any pain, but just the, after all, after things start to wear off, you know, it's just, and it's hard to, a little hard to talk. I, I don't know if you've had a root canal, but they do unspeakable things. And um, <laughs> where there's, there's a lot of drilling. There's smoke comes out of your mouth. I want smoke. I don't ever understand that. Smoke, smoke. Smoke. Um, Things happening, water, you know, your mouth's open for a long time, and, and so I, after the Novocaine wears off, it starts to hurt a little bit. Um, it was funny, so I, so Wednesday, so that happened Wednesday morning, I was in the chair for a couple hours with my, and so, you know, you, you, you come out, it's tough, and, and uh, anyway, I came over here to church and needed to get some things set up for that night, and some of the food and stuff done, and um, I needed to make a phone call. Uh, to an automated system to get something done, we were going to make a a phone payment on a a credit card. And um, normally I just call up and you, you you know, it's voice activated and I I say make a payment by phone. And so um, Georgina and Doug are there with me in the office as I'm doing this thing. And this thing comes up and I'm swollen with Novocaine, right? And so I I get to the sound and it says, you know, it says, what do you want to (laughs) do? Make a payment by phone! (laughs) Which Douglas and Georgina are starting to laughing, and the thing can't understand me, <laughs> and and it keeps saying, you don't understand. What do you want to do? Make a payment, but <laughs> then a sound <film> payment." <laughs> so I had to just hit for the person to get on the line, and uh, and so that was my whole issue with that. But maybe you can you can relate a little bit. So it made me think. So you know, um, do you know what what, what um, does the dentist of the year get? a little plaque Did you? Huh? just a little dentist joke so, the, so the, uh, this woman and her husband they interrupt their vacation to go to the dentist and uh, uh, she says listen I want a tooth pulled I don't want Novocaine because I'm in a big hurry just extract the tooth as quickly as possible and we'll be on our way and the dentist was quite impressed she said, well you're, you're certainly a courageous woman he said which tooth is it? The woman turns to her husband and she says, show him your tooth, dear. Yeah. Anyway. Scripture reading here on purpose. Hebrews 10, 19 through 25. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day Approaching, blessed be the word of the Lord. So we have looked at um, the first four of those verses. Today we're going we're gonna to focus in on Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope he professed, for he who promised is faithful so there's a couple things I want to talk about in particular today I want to talk about the faithfulness of God and I want to talk about hope and how these things tie together and you know as we hold in context now all of the verses that have come before it and what it means you know access to the most holy place in Christ all those things that are taking place so first point your notes know to this is that God is faithful God is faithful um, uh, faithful to be faithful is to be reliable to be steadfast, to be unwavering, and, and the, the Bible speaks often about God's faithfulness and, and over and over again we, we learn that when God says something that He'll do it, He, he does it even if it seems impossible, when He says something's going to happen, it happens, and this is true for the past, it's true for the present, and it's true for the future, and if this weren't the case, if God were unfaithful even once, then He wouldn't be God. And we couldn't rely on any of his promises. In First Kings eight fifty six, it says, Praise be to the Lord, who has given rest to his people Israel, just as he promised. Not one word has failed of all the good promises he gave through his servant Moses. So God, he's, he's eternally reliable. He's steadfast. He's unwavering. Because faithfulness is one of his inherent attributes. God, he doesn't have to work at being faithful. He is faithful. It's an essential part of who he is. That's what it means. That, that's an attribute of God. The psalmist says in Psalm 89, 8, "O Lord, God Almighty, who is like you? You are mighty, O Lord, and your faithfulness surrounds you. In 2 Timothy two thirteen, Paul said, If we are faithless, he will remain faithful, for he cannot disown himself. So, so you need to know this about God. He's always faithful, it's who He is. He remains faithful even when we're faithless. God is faithful. Now, you, you have to be um, uh, sure of that. You have to settle in that. And, and the verses leading up to this have been, been talking about the faithfulness of God and the access He's made for us to be reconciled to Him in relationship. Because our, our hope is, is sort of going to rest on our understanding of His faithfulness. And so the, the second point in, in your notes is this, that we're to hold on to hope. The, the scripture said to hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. Now, hope um, is an interesting thing. And, and biblical hope is a little different than the hope that many of us sort of understand. Because the, the word hope in English often conveys a sense of doubt with it. Um, for example, I hope it will not rain tomorrow. But but there's a sense of doubt. We use that word hope too, with a little little word tagged on it all the time. So, and someone will say, well, I, you know, this uh, something this might happen, and we say, I hope so. But it's it's different than than biblical hope. Um, biblical hope, as it's presented to us, you know, as the word hope in the Bible has at its foundation the faithfulness of God and faith in God. And uh, in Hebrews, um, which is the, you know, the book we're looking through for this, in the next chapter in Hebrews 11, if you ever get a chance, you should go and read it. It's called the, the, you know, the faith chapter. Uh, and, and it says in verse 1 of that chapter, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. So, so faith and hope are tied together. And, and Hebrews 11 then goes on and lists all of the sort of heroes of the faith um, and, and that this, this whole concept is tied together. That, that this confidence that, that we are talking about, um, it comes with knowing for sure, with no question, That that uh, of everything that we've been promised by God in His Word, and all the actions of the heroes of the faith sort of attest to this whole process um, that their faith in God and and their confident assurance um, or their hope was in God and the things that He promised and said. And so, biblical hope—it's—it's—it's not just a desire for something good to happen. It's sort of a confident expectation um, and desire for something good in the future and so you know when the word calls us and tells us to hope in God it doesn't mean cross your fingers it means expect great things from God and so there's a difference between the hope in the Bible and the hope that we sort of understand in our normal talk our hope generally conveys a sense of doubt biblical hope does not when you when the word says to hope in God it means you expect that great things are gonna happen and come from God so, so biblical hope carries no doubt with it um, it's a sure foundation on which we can base our lives, believing that God always keeps His promises. He's faithful. He has to. So so you have to begin to allow these things to tie in. You know, a lot of us have trouble with that because we've had people promise us things and then break those promises. And so we, we when we comes to God, we, we sort of think, well, maybe He's like that. And He's not. Um, he always is faithful. But it's difficult for us. If you... Um, if you've ever had a promise broken, uh, then, then you know that what that feels like. It's not good. When, when my kids were little, they used to, uh, I had this thing where, I, I, you know, in my own life and disappointments, so with my kids sometimes, they would ask me to promise something. And um, I was very careful with promises, because if I promised it, I would do at that point whatever I could to make it happen. If you, if, and they knew that, so they would try and work that on me, you know what I mean? They would do what promise? And I'm like, well, no, I'm not going to promise, but I'll, you know, if it was something I didn't want to promise, I'll, I'll do my best. But they would, really, would you promise? And I'm like, no. <laughs> but I, I remember one time with my son, this was funny. So he got me to promise this thing, and what it was was we had, uh, we were really, he was really in the NASCAR when he was like five years old, six years old, seven years old, I mean just like knew all the drivers, it was his deal, NASCAR, and so you know, I, I'd watch races with him and stuff, and uh, we went up to Daytona at some point, For I, was, I had to go by there or something for a meeting, I took him and we went to the, they have a big museum up there in Daytona, we walked on the track, and um, that year um, Dale Earnhardt had won the Daytona 500, so his car was in that museum, so we got to see the car and stuff, but he was a Jeff Gordon fan, and he was a Jeff Gordon, you know, and, and, uh, and so he, he said to me, he said, hey, if, if Jeff Gordon wins the Daytona 500 this year, can we come back? And I'm, I'm like, right, we'll see, and he goes, oh, please, will you promise? And I thought to myself, yeah, odds of Jeff, <laughs> of Jeff Gordon winning this thing, or, yeah, okay, sure, I would promise so the year rolls around, oh he's got it too because he knows, he got a promise out of me that's like, that's in the bank, right so we're watching the Daytona 500 and it's, you know, the Daytona 500 if you've ever seen the race it really doesn't matter, you can watch the last two laps that's all that matters, is whoever, whoever finishes, right and they go back and forth all the time where well, we get down to like four laps and gordon has got a shot still I'm like, okay I really don't want to go back to Daytona <laughs> we were just there so we're watching it so, with like a lap and a half to go, my, I think he was seven at the time, maybe eight. You know what he does? He drops to his knees. And he starts praying. Oh, God, please please let Jeff Gordon win this race. I thought to myself, not fair. Not, that's not fair. Because he's going to answer that. I know he is. <laughs> and sure enough, guess who won? And guess what happened shortly thereafter? Off we went to Daytona. But I say all that to let you know, see a lot of, so I was with that with promises because I've had promises broken and I didn't, I didn't want to do that with my kids um, because I wanted them to, and, and trust me, far from perfect, I'm not even saying that, but I wanted my kids to be able to get this easier than I did. And so what God, God's faithful to his promise. If God promises it, it's, it, you can, it's bank. Now you can't manipulate those things or try and make those things something that they're not, but what he says is, is, is good. You can take it straight to the bank. And so, um, these promises, you know, uh, you have to be aware of, uh, so that you can really let them, you know, live through you in life, and a lot of times, we're just not even aware of them, and and the writer of Hebrews, there's some neat stuff throughout the letter that he wrote for us to sort of help hang on to this thing, and hold on to this hope. Um, This holding, on it's not something to do with your hands, you know, with your feet, it's something you embrace in your heart, it's an affair of the heart, and so... Um, you know, we're to be hope-filled people, our hope in God. And, and because He's made promises and He's faithful, and I, I listed some in there, you know, like, like He's promised to, to write the law now on your heart. Hebrews 10, 16, this is a covenant I will make with them after that time, says the Lord. I'll put my laws in their hearts and I'll write them on their minds. The Holy Spirit will come and, and show us how to live doing the next right thing. It won't be a performance-based thing. Um, he's going to work in us. To, to do what's pleasing in his sight. Hebrews 13, 21. He'll equip us with everything good for doing his will. And may, and, and may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. So, so the, the Holy Spirit working in us to, to um, continue us in the journey in our relationship. He's promised to remember your sins no more. Hebrews ten seventeen. Then he adds, their sins and lawless acts... I will remember no more. He promises that, and so when the enemy tries to toss your guilt and your shame uh, back on you, you, you just have to go. You know, he, he re, it says he remembers them no more. Um, he's promised that will be perfected for all time by a single sacrifice. Hebrews ten fourteen. Because by one sacrifice he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. That's us. He's he's done it. He's taken care of what needed to be taken care of. At the cross. He's promised never to leave us or forsake us. Hebrews 13, 5. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because God has said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Those are promises that faithful God backs up. He'll never leave you or forsake you. Ever. Never. He, he remembers your sins no longer. He doesn't remember them. He, you know, we can't. Because we're not, you know, we, we, can, we can forgive, um, you know, and, and we somehow we put that caveat on there, you know, that whole forget thing. It's very hard for us to forget something. You, you try and forget something, you just remember it more. But God's not like that. God, It says he remembers it no more because he's God. So, you know, you, you hang on to that. So, so I say all that to, to get to this, the thing, third point, because we're, 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 we're admonished to hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, but the question is what is it that you're really holding on to? What do you hold on to in the course of your day do you hold on to worry do you hold on to fear do you hold on to anxiety there's the choices you can you can you can choose to hold on to things other than your hope and and what do you find yourself holding on to and I, I, I for far too many people I the worry thing pops up and that's what they hold on to the, the, you know and then all those those things I think are really tied together, worry, fear, and anxiety, they, they sort of hit us in this world, it's like what, what comes after us to steal our peace away from us, and, and that, you know, they, they, they'll, they'll, they'll just kind of sneak up on you, and, and all of a sudden, you'll be doing okay, and then something, one little thing is said, or you see something, or you read something, and all of a sudden, worry, fear, and anxiety just kind of overwhelms you, and, and we, we sort of will hold on to it, and, and yet, you know, we can hold on swervingly to the hope we profess, instead, um, do you hold on to your way instead of his way? Sometimes we will hold on to that, and much to our detriment, we just we want what we want, and we get stuck there, and we it's we, we start to hold on to it, and there's no life. And so, you know, you, you, what is it that you hope in? That's really the question. You know, where where is your hope? What do you hope in? Colossians one twenty seven. Paul said to them. God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. I love that verse: "Christ in you, the hope of glory." So, so when we hold on swervingly, this hope, this biblical hope, in effect, we're we're holding on to Jesus, who has made it all possible. And 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 so, you know, the the whole thing about these verses is my. My prayer for you is that you start your day in the presence of God because you have access. You know, therefore, brothers and sisters, we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by this new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, that you take all those things into account and you begin to think like that. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. He's good. He's always good. He's only good, and He wants us to experience a real and full and abundant now and forever life. And, and so, no matter what the day brings, hold on to Jesus. That's where your hope is. And when you when you if you feel your that worry, that anxiety that is coming on you and, and stealing away, you know, life from you. Just this is when you need to think. That's when you need to know these verses. And you got instead of because you can you can run with the worry and fear if you want. You can just go. What well, you know? What I have, I have confidence. To enter the most holy place. I'm, I'm, because of what Jesus has done, God's got me. He's good. He's faithful. And he's got this. God is not taken by surprise. And whatever I'm dealing with, he's got it. And I trust him. And, and, and I'm going to find life back there. It's not a pass on difficult things. It's just a knowing that he's got you no matter what. And they're finding life. And so, so, you know, hang on to those things. Think about how much he loves you. What he's done to make it happen. And as you do, just, you know, my, my prayer... My prayer is, if you haven't started with those verses, start. They will, they will change your life. I, I, I don't say those things lightly. I, I'm telling you, if you'll take these in, it will change the way that you live. And, and so my encouragement, again, start to get a hold of these things. Let them resonate with you. Let them spin around in you. Throughout the day, just think about them. Um, you know, just, oh, I got to remember those verses. What are they? And just in remembering them, you, it's, it's a powerful, powerful tool. And so that's why we're sort of going through these things. So hold unswervingly the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. That's it for me for watching my video. Thank you so much for watching. And uh, come and visit us when you get a chance. If you need prayer, go to the website and and there's a place for prayer and you put that in there and we'll pray for you. Um, But... uh,